Is it a crack? It just looks like a little blur. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 211 of Sapnin Podcast, featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and this episode contains a lot of chaos and verbal warnings to take better care. This week's guest is singer, songwriter, artist, uh, tattooist, and all-round legend, Cody Beautifully voiced Frost. That's not a middle name. I've just given her that nickname. <laughs> a resident rave punk poser from the north of England has quickly established themselves as alt music and beyond next big thing. Cody has completely reinvented themselves since originally rising to fame as a finalist on The Voice in 2016, embracing her weird, unpredictable and emo new metal goth influences and feeling like their true self. The last 12 months alone has seen them being met with huge support online, releasing their debut mixtape EP, Teeth, and collaborating with her all-time favorite band ever, Enter Shikari, on their track, Ball. So with so much going on, we thought we'd invite Cody to talk about everything, a humble journey, and living out all her fan dreams in the most humble way. This is someone you've kept an eye on for quite a while, Sean, and have wanted on the show to talk about so many things. Yes, originally we were going to do this almost, well, probably about two or three years ago, I guess. I came across Cody because uh, my girlfriend fell in love with her on The Voice, and then we would go on binges every now and again of Cody Frost videos. And yeah, she's just amazing. I contacted her when Raiders started about doing a song with Raiders. And yeah, just to see her grow and become the star she is today. And it's going to only get bigger for her. And to see her collaborating with her favorite band of all time is literally warms my heart because yeah, I know what that's like. And that's amazing. And um, good honor. We did talk for quite some time, we had over an hour with Cody, which was uh, absolutely amazing. What a brilliant, funny, funny chat we had. 
Yeah, this is completely wholesome and really a humble conversation. And throughout, we talk about a various amount of subjects, including really overcoming self-doubt, using a, a voice in many different styles, also featuring on the new Yumi 6 album, Truth Decay, in January, being the mayor of Burnley, full-time tattoo artist, and her diagnosis of ADHD, which is completely transparent and worth a listen if you've ever wondered about it or wanted to get a diagnosis uh, yourself. So all that to come throughout the podcast. Quick reminder, as always, if you enjoy uh, what me and Sean do, please go and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Over there, there's a lot more bonus content to check out and you get included into a wonderful community of people who help make this each and every week. We love them very, very much. But without any further ado, let's get straight into it. This is the incredible Cody Frost on episode 211 of Sapnin Podcast. At Sapnin Pods on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Sapnin! Sapnin! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sapnin! 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 This week's guest is tattoo artist, singer, and songwriter, the wonderfully voiced Cody Frost. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm very excited. I've got an exciting couple of weeks coming up, so... <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, tell us about that. Tell us about what you've got coming up. <laughs> so, I am... I'm going to be supporting Enter Shikari for the first two dates in France. I've never been to France before. Wow. Um, I might be, might be hanging about for some of the rest of the tour, but I don't know yet. Wink, wink. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. For people um, who don't really know or have somehow been stuck under a rock for the last couple of years, how is it collaborating with your favourite band of all time ever? <laughs> Insane. <laughs> it, it, like, uh, to be fair, for the whole year, I haven't believed that I'm real. Like... I just keep thinking, like, none of this is real. <laughs> like, it can't be real. I think I just went into a deep sleep because I went through, like, a bit of a bad time this time last year. I went through a breakup and I lost my home and stuff. And then by January, everything just started, like, rocketing. Like, I got so many, like, amazing opportunities. Um, and obviously the main one for me being the Shikari collab. And so, like, I've been holding on to that secret for so long, and it's pretty incredible that I get to share it with people now. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah, that that must be insane to, like, really reflect on those 12 months in particular to see how far everything has come in just a short period of time. And even just looking at kind of people's Spotify raps and stuff now, seeing how many minutes they've listened to you and how much you've impacted people. Yeah, I mean... My music has been out. Oh, hang on, I've got it tattooed on me. Because um, <laughs> otherwise I would forget. My, mu my own personal music has only been out since the 2nd of February in uh, 21. So to have that much of an impact in such a short period of time, and like I'm not signed to a label or anything. So it's really cool that like people are finding me organically. And But also, like I've been a Shikari stand since the dawn of times. So a lot of Shikari fans already kind of know who I am anyway, because they've always supported my music. They've always like boosted it. But yeah, it's, it's mental that so many people, so many people <laughs> listen to my like garbage words that I had to say, but Far it's something it. that I really enjoy doing. <laughs> I love, I love writing songs and I love chatting. So yeah. But let's dive into the Shikari collaboration a little bit more, because as you said, this means so much to you. You've been a Shikari stan for so many years. I know they're tattooed on you. You've covered them on YouTube back in the day. You've been to so many of their gigs. How did all of that first start? Were they just aware of everything you do or how did they come together? Yeah, so basically they already kind of knew me because I used to do covers from being about 14 upwards and they always they'd always like share my covers or whatever and every time I went to see them we always hung out we've had some fun nights out <laughs> for, for like my 21st birthday I went to New York to see the uh, for my best friend's 21st birthday I went to New York to see them for my 21st birthday I went to Berlin to see them so I've traveled to see them and everything and they've always been really um just nice guys super lovely to hang out with and they've always kind of been my, like, the way they treat their va their fans is kind of how I would like to treat the people that support me. They've always just been so accommodating and so nice and so supportive of my music. Even before, like, I had, like, a big voice thing or whatever, they've always, like, uplifted me. So when it came round to it, Rory C just messaged me and he was like, Hey, do you want to be on a track? And I was like, I've only been waiting my whole life, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just instantly send him 700,000 ideas. And go, yeah, here we go. <laughs> I literally, so basically he messaged me and me and Rory uh, talk quite a bit because he's funny. Like we've been sat in bars before, like just playing board games while everybody else is partying. And he messaged me and he was like, do you want to be on a track? And I was like, yeah. And then, they sent it to me and 
I immediately fell in love with it. It sounded so quintessentially Shikari. And I was like, this is, this is perfect. So I went into my bedroom and I wrote shit to like loads of lyrics, so many lyrics. And I, I had all the lyrics written within the space of about four hours. Like, cause I'd just been like, <laughs> yeah, because they were doing some recording away. Um, I couldn't like go and record it in real life. So I went to my producer, Dan Weller, who has worked with Shikari before, um, on like pretty much a lot of their albums. It was kind of nice because like, even though he wasn't producing this song, he still got to like take part in it. And he recorded my vocals over, like we were doing it over Zoom and the band were watching as I was singing. They got the song and they liked so many of my lyrics. It was insane. Uh, I didn't expect for it to be that much of a feature for me. Um, but they, they, like just uplifted me completely and like put me on the spotlight and it was in like it still blows my mind i, st- I still don't <laughs> think it's real <laughs> you can't convince me it's real it's amazing <laughs> yeah honestly it's so nice to hear like just the excitement and how organic and just everything that's come from it. i love a full circle moment and it must be crazy for you now when you see like promo photos you and the band have taken together and they're on billboards across london and just random places i mean that yeah, must have been mad that's my first ever billboard. I've never been on, on a billboard with like my face on it before. <laughs> I didn't get to go and see it, but it's still absolutely insane to comprehend because it's not a small billboard either. And it's, <laughs> it's not like just a paper one. It's like a full, the full shebang. <laughs> so yeah, that blows my mind a little bit. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask was, um, yeah. How did you and Dan Weller come to meet? How is that uh, collaboration come about? Um, so um I met my management and my management had already kind of worked with Dan um with with some of their, their other artists and my manager said I know you like Enter Shikari right and I was like go on <laughs> <laughs> and she was like well I know the guy that's done some production on like a lot of their albums and I was like no way so I met him and we ended up Wait, he's like my big brother, honestly. He, um, I write the best songs with him. Like we are kind of, kind of like a band together. Um, I, I really, really love writing with Dan and he completely, he, he likes my fresh take on everything. He, he finds, uh, when we first started working together, he was like, let's write pop music. And I was like, I don't want to write pop music. And he was like, let's try. So we did a bit of that. <laughs> And we were developing like my style because I only started writing uh, when I met Dan. I'd never properly written a song before until I was 18. But now I feel like I can't stop. Like <laughs> I, I, I write little garage band demos in my bedroom and then I go to Dan and I show him like, I show him all of my demos and he'll be like, let's work on that one. And then we'll like bring the song to life. But he's very much involved in the writing process, uh, not lyrically or like melodically, vocally. But like musically, I still have a lot of say, which is why we work so well together because I can't just like have a beat written for me and, and sing over it. That's not my bag. I like to be like fully involved with every sound that goes into a song. He's a genius. He's like a wizard. It's, it's immense working with him. He, he like, he sits at his little computer like, like honestly, it's insane. I love watching him. Um, he's so smart. He's like one of the smartest and coolest people I've ever met, I think. 
Nice. Well, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned weird sounds and stuff like that. Then um, I saw a video um, on your Instagram of you were you hitting a bin, or there was something a bit uh, <laughs> almost, like almost a, slipknotty. It was like a it was like a little coffee. Uh, what are they called? I don't know. I don't drink coffee. What one of those like? What's it called? A cafeteria? A ca- a ca- cafeteria. Yes, that's it. Now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right when I say it. <laughs> well, no, neither of us. You've got me from fucking deep South Wales. You've got you from up north. And then you've got Only. like Itali- Italians listening to this. Going, that was way off. What? There's a lot way of angry off, coffee but... listeners right now. I was just like hitting a cafeteria. Um, we're working on, I have like an album's worth of music right now um, to, to release, but I don't know what, whether it's going to be an EP or we're going to do it as singles. I don't know. Um, but that song in particular, I'm really excited about. We went live for one of our songs as well. And I was asking people to suggest things to add to it. Somebody said, put a dog bark in it. So I, there's a dog bark in one of my songs. <laughs> Uh, like at the start of one of my songs, I wonder which one that is. Oh no, I remember. And and then somebody else was like, put a triangle in it. So we put a triangle in, in another part. Um, I'm I'm really nerdy about really s- stupid sounds. So there's like a lot of. S- I've got a song. So basically, there's this documentary about donk music. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's this documentary about donk music. I think it's called 166 beats per minute or something like that. I can't remember. It's like based around Burnley. It's one of my favorite pieces. I, I think it's like art. It's one of my favorite pieces of TV ever. We drove into Burnley. This place is a ghost town. And now that's in one of my songs. Nice. Because we're going to try and put, we're going to tr- try and put a donk in, in the end of the song. Class. <laughs> so that, like, li- little samples like that are really cool for me. Cause I like music that's super textural. Cause I've got ADHD. So like music that is like completely brain fucky is my kind of music. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I tried to, um, I, I tried to get a collab. With um, the blackout and the blackout crew at one point. <laughs> oh, that would have been sick. <laughs> yeah, they were having none of it. And the thing is, I thought they were. I thought because I'd seen put a donk in it, and the video was brilliant, and they've got that funny bit where they they go back into the chorus without doing the other fellow's part. I was like, oh, they're funny. They they they'll be up for this. This will be brilliant. And it never worked out. I would have imagined that would have been perfect. That, yeah. <laughs> Talking oh. about full circle moments, though. Um. And you already know this, but you were technically the first band I'd ever seen live. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that. We got in the way. No, yeah, honestly, we got in the way. I were having a well good time. I was like 14 and I was like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that gig. Honestly, a Blackout Crew feature would have been sick. Oh, yeah, I love it. To this day, I do it. Um, so you yeah. never know, and I know, I, I know they listen every week for Blackout Crew. So let's sort that out. Let's make that happen. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the one. God, can't believe it's not happened already. <laughs> but Cody, you mentioned there just kind of really being raised on that early 2010s UK alt scene and getting into the alternative music that way a lot. I mean, it must be cool now to see so many like how much you've infiltrated that world and being able to work with a lot of people that they kind of grew up idolizing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I think about it all the time because like I have people's numbers in my phone 
that I genuinely used to have posters of in my bedroom. I was the I was the kid that collected all the Kerrang magazines. I was the kid that every every alt magazine when I could afford it, I'd always collect it. Uh, my teenage years were spent just going to gigs, like saving up, going to gigs all the time. And we used to wait from stupid o'clock in the morning to try and meet people. Uh, that was pretty much my lifeblood. And I, I always I keep saying to my friends, I'm like, this year I got the key. Like I've been mm. letting. <laughs> I've been let into the world that I literally always, always dreamed of being let into. And it, it, it's kind of hard because um, some people consider my music to still be like pop or whatever. That's only what I have out. Whereas like the stuff that I've got like prepared is definitely going to help me like slide a bit more smoothly into the alt scene. But it's definitely, I've, I mean, I've been like a little, a little grieb since the dawn of time like I started <coughs> I started listening to like alternative music when I was about nine um nobody in my family was alternative I was just weird super fucking weird um, I used to go outside in like a cat hat and full cat makeup like I used to I feel like every emo kid or whatever has this they're like in their town there's like the bit where all the moshers hang out and oh, for yeah, us yeah, yeah. Yeah, so in Burnley, it was Burnley Library. There used to be like groups and groups, like 30 kids every every day, like all skating, maybe even more than that, to be fair. Um, and that's kind of where I grew up, just like playing out and hanging out with loads of moshers. And um, I remember somebody telling me that I wasn't cool enough to listen to Escape the Fate. And that, that <laughs> <laughs> the situation. <laughs> now. No, but seriously, like I can't believe they had the audacity to say that to me. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been a mosher since I was a kid, and to finally be like recognised by my favourite people in the whole world. I mean. I don't know if you can see, but my whole bedroom is like covered in Shikari <laughs> logos still as an adult. I'm 24 and I'm still a nerd. Before I'm a musician, I'm a fan of music. That's like, first and foremost, I am an avid fan of music. <laughs> and now you're the, uh, and now you're the mosh mayor of Burnley, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And now you're in charge. Like, like, you should get a t-shirt. Listen here. I hope you all know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's amazing to see how much like you are now putting your own staple on those bands like you're forever going to be a part of Anna Shikari's discography which I'm sure is crazy but as well you've just done a um a, a feature with Yumi at Six that's going to be on their new I album have. come out next month and I'm sure that's another kind of like a thing to add, a badge to add to everything I know, insane. Uh, they're such nice guys as well. The feature that I've got with You Me at Six is a bit more like melodic and it's it's a really beautiful song. It's very heartfelt and and very um, sweet. Um, and then I do have another collab, but I can't say who it is. Ooh. I'm very excited. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, nice. Honestly, it's wild like how many people like approach me this year and asked if I wanted to collab with them. Cause it's not like just medium bands. It's like, it's like the, it's like the top. I just, 
Yeah, good. I'm glad it's not just shit bands like Raiders. <laughs> oh, no. And it's good bands. And it's good bands. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. No, Raiders um, is good. <laughs> no, no, like uh, You want me to listen to it? Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. So when's the Mike, yeah, when's the Mike M fucking collaboration coming in? That surely that's. Oh, imagine, imagine. I think I'd collapse. <laughs> I reckon. Oh, I don't see why not. I feel like they don't collab with anybody. I would love to, maybe not musically, but I'd love to collab with Gerard Way, like artistically or something like that. Cause like, okay, so I'm a massive Enter Shikari fan, but the OGs for me were my chem. Like that was my like awakening. I listened to Welcome to the Black Parade and I was like, wow, I'm a goth now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I just, yeah, I absolutely, I think I pass away. I think I'd genuinely pass away. I'm not, I would never be even ready to meet Gerard Way, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, yes, he would, man. We'll he's, see. Yeah, he's, he's just like a nerd, he's just a nerd like the rest of us. This is the thing. Mm. No, like- I know, I know. I think he'd be so cool. I, I think I'd just, I'd love to like just draw with him or something. That's all I want. I don't, I don't want to collab. I, I just want to draw. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, that's really wholesome to be fair. I'm sure there's a lot of people who just say like, oh, I want to do this one on my album. You just want to draw with him. Really, really chilled. Just draw. Yeah. I just want to hang out with him. Yeah. I'll sharpen his pencils. I'll sharpen his pencils. Let me sharpen his pencils. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's too cool. I genuinely don't think I'd be able to speak, let alone sing. Just so. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to make this happen now. Yeah. I've got, I've got to make you and him meet now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I know uh, Ray Toro has heard me sing The Ghost of You before. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Steve Battelle sent a video of me singing it and he was like, awesome. And I, I just cried. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's mad, isn't it? But that's nice really such a small world. And I think you're seeing this now where the people you always thought were like a million miles away musically or whatever, they're not. They're, they're like fucking two minutes away. And I it's, know. it's, it's a crazy world. Is there anyone that you've met so far who you didn't think that you'd ever get to meet and was nice? Or was there anyone that you thought you'd meet that was a dick? You don't have to say about being a dick, like, um, but um, yeah, anyone surprised you? Um, who have I met? I've like seen Ollie Sykes. I've been in the same room as him, but me and my friend, uh, me and my drummer, actually, I walked into the room, didn't realize he was going to be there and I had no makeup on. So I was like, I'm not entertaining this because, <laughs> cause Alyssa, Alyssa was there. She looked beautiful. Ollie Sykes looked beautiful. They, they, you know, they, they all looked amazing. And I walked in and I, I hadn't got ready yet because I had a show later in the day and my drummer was just stood against the wall, just like facing the wall. <laughs> so I just joined him and I was like, let's just get the key and leave. <laughs> let's just. Get out of the room. <laughs> we we, we uh, narrowly avoided that one, but no doubt he uh, saw me. I think I am just very like bubbly and will like happy, happy smile and wave at everybody. I've probably met loads of people and been blissfully unaware of who they are. I think I met Steve Harris once and offered him a slice of pizza. And that wasn't through... <laughs> That wasn't through my music at all. I was just backstage because I knew uh, a band um, and he was there. And I was just like, oh, do you want a slice of pizza? And he's like, no, thanks, darling. He was really nice. Uh, and then my mate was like, do you know who that is? And I was like, no. <laughs> but to be fair, I was like 15. <laughs> yeah, wild. 
Wow, wow. Well, you, you mentioned there's been like just so many people reaching out and wanting to work with you. Like, how do you think that's coming about? Because you said you, you're not on a label, you've obviously got good management and you've got uh, a lot of friends in the industry, but can you kind of just explain the the differences between a label and management and what that does for you for, for people who are maybe unaware? Yeah, so it's a bit complicated because my management has kind of made a small indie label right but it's not really it's not a late like there's not money there's no money in it or anything like that it's just it's just like a holding place so my management are really good for getting me live opportunities and things like that but i'm very in control in terms of like the aesthetic so i take i do all my artwork i conceptualize all my videos i even like style myself do my own makeup all that stuff and I write my songs and then I go with Dan. I think we're at a point now where I could sign to somebody and I would sign somebody to really like take my music the next level and really get it out there. But I don't mind being unsigned because it means that I'm totally like in control. If I don't want to do something, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> like uh, It means that I've been, my management are really good actually. Like they're, they're supportive of like anything that I want to do. So it means that I'm like, super in control of where my music is going and what I want to kind of reach for. But I think like, I don't really have a genre and most of the bands that I love don't have a genre as well. So I like to be able to, I mean, I started writing a house music, a a house music, a house song. (laughs) And I hate house. I hate house, like with a burning passion. And I started writing a house song and to be fair, it slaps. It's not going to go out there, but um, I like to be able to tap into any genre because, uh, because I mean, I actually grew up on like rave because my mum was a raver. So like happy hardcore and all that kind of music oh, was me like, too. yeah, all that kind of music was very, is very ingrained in me, if you will. I think that's probably why I like Shikari though, because they have elements of rave. Do you find that um, listening to Happy Hardcore has probably given you more melodic ideas? Because I found all those Happy Hardcore songs, they're so full of melodies, and some of them are just genius. Some of them are super cheese, but some of them are genius. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have, like, my newer music, uh, a lot of it's heavier. The stuff that's not out yet is heavier, but we do have elements of, like, ravey shit so there's like 90s uh piano in some of them we've got like break beats like indie break beats in them there's like honestly it's it's not genreable and i think <laughs> lis- listening to stuff like rave and stuff kind of i like hyper pop a lot and i think that is like the modern take on happy hardcore and stuff like that hyper pop is like a cross between scene kid music and happy hardcore which is why i'm so like gravitated towards it really like the sky's the limit with hyperpop like you can do whatever you want with it i guess my music goes in the vein of hyperpop but my newer stuff is is definitely a lot more old than the stuff that i have out i may or may not have uh, somebody from like one of my favorite metal bands screaming on the end of one of them um, what? Hmm. I don't remember recording that. Why did we do that? <laughs> <laughs> six, six, six. No, but um, she's a legend, and um, I really, 
I hope that song comes out soon because because mm. basically it's got loads of new metal Easter eggs in it. Like there's loads of there's loads of like if you know your new metal, you will pick it up on this song. Cause like I literally it so far, I don't know if it will be able to keep it, but so far it has a system of a down sample in it. Um, so yeah. Can I guess? <laughs> it, literally, it literally is Chuck. He yeah, fucking yeah. knows new metal, that's what he knows new metal then. <laughs> so yeah i really need that song to come nice. out because i think yeah. i think all the like proper greaves will love it um yeah that's class yeah you sold it to us we're buzzing about hearing this and we don't yeah. <laughs> yeah for people who can't see this and none of you can see this i started kicking the air just now so when i sounded like I was, I was far away from the microphone it's because i said sugar and then once i realized it was i started kicking the air with excitement so yeah that's awesome awesome yeah yeah, do you have to do you have to um, get in touch with Big Surge then to see if he'll clear that, or are you just gonna fucking way? Uh, probably. <laughs> I don't know yet because that's not like the first song that we're planning on releasing in the new year anyway. Um, so it could come later. So I've got a bit of time to deal with that. Um, and I, I really, really, I really hope that that sample stays in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why didn't I ever think of just taking Fred Durst saying "Yeah" or anything because, like that? You, one of my songs. Because you like. used to, you can do it yourself, so you don't need to. DJ Lethal, bring it on! That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so nerdy about samples, and like in it, I say, "Give me that, give me all that," and then it goes "Sugar." <laughs> and it, nice. But like, there's this this uh, corn references, Limp Biscuit references, Disturbed references. Oh, um, wow, uh, uh, I, re- I literally th- I genuinely feel like that song could be big like I think all the all the real ones will love that song uh, but whether whether I'll get to bring it out or not is like another thing we don't know yet oh, oh well I hope you well, do because yeah, yeah, yeah you should do excited, that man. and send it <laughs> s- send it to Fred Durst ASAP on Instagram because I got a I got friends who were in a a band at the moment who have a song out that just mentioned Limp Bizkit recently, they sent it to Fred and now Fred's considering taking them on a UK tour. Do you know what? I literally should because I I say move up, move down, put your hands all over my body. Um, Do it. it. Send it to him. And when this happens then, I've got to come to one of the dates because <laughs> I made it happen. I actually, I saw them at Leeds Fest one year and it was so good. Like, it was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people forget how many good songs they've got because, um, yeah, the Blacker toured, toured with Olympus Skid in 2012 and they would get like five songs into the set and I'd be like, well, most people would be like, oh, they're d-, like they've played all of the hits and then they play 10 more songs that would make any rock club go mental and you're like, they got fucking the most hits for days. It's I literally, I literally, I love Limp Bizkit. I think I'm more of a new metal fan than uh, I let on. You know, um, I'm really sad I didn't go to download last year though, because that was the theme, wasn't it? I'd give anything to see. I'd give anything to see Corn again live because I, I was lucky enough to go to see uh, Slipknot and Corn in Manchester and. It was one of the best gigs I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's one thing I think a lot of people really love about you is that you haven't you're not in a certain box towards genre or if it's aesthetic or anything like that. And is that really important for you that you have all this freedom and that 
everything you have surrounding you at the moment with your management and Dan Weller, that they understand those kind of things and that they're up for exploring different things. It doesn't have to fit a certain checklist or go with a trend. It can be wherever you want. Yeah, I think I scare my management sometimes because <laughs> they, 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 they do take care of like Nina Nesbitt, who's like beautiful pop girly singer. Um, and then I come out and I'm like, listen to this one. <laughs> like a little problem. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, it is important. <laughs> it is important to me because I listen to so many different kinds of music. I mean, I'm a massive Doja Cat stan. But I also like used to really love uh, bands like Partway Drive, Rotting Out. <laughs> it's it's definitely my job to keep tabs on every lots of different kinds of genres at once because I I do listen to things in the pop world because I do like some pop music and I listen to dance music. I listen to DMB. I listen to alt music like. It's really endless, but I, I, I'm really into like psychedelia, all stuff. Like, it, if you asked me what my favorite genre was, I wouldn't be able to tell you because I don't have a favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I like, though. You, you're not sticking to one thing, you're mixing it all in. And I think a lot of people love that about your vocals in particular because obviously there's many videos of, of your time on a, a reality show where you were singing kind of ballads and stuff like that, but you've got screams in you you can do rap you can do a little bit of, of grime you, you've got it all mixed in together and i'm sure that when you're working on a project whether it's an album or whatever that it's nice that you can pull from those different things and make it a, a, an experience rather than just copy and paste yeah definitely i think i'm trying to make my own favorite music i think that's what musicians should be doing you should be making like when people ask me, like, what do you listen to the most? I found out that on Spotify, though, I'm like, I listen to music more than 96% of the UK, which is wild. And I asked all my friends and I listen to music, like, so much more than them. But that doesn't include all the time I spend listening to my own music because I'm constantly trying to work out where I fit and, like, how can we make this better? And I do think, like... Being genreless is really important to me because it means I'll never be trapped in a box. And when I was on The Voice, people got a certain representation of me that wasn't me. Like, I, I am not a ballad singer and haven't been ever. I just didn't have the ability to write my own music in that period of time. And I, I kind of just went on that show to get my name out there and then piss off. Like, that was my only plan. I, you know, it wasn't my plan to get that far. And so people have this like misrepresentation of me and they think that I just sing like soft ballads. But actually, I think I'm going to save that for when I'm older and when I, I feel I'm not as angry anymore and, you know, everything's slowing down. Then I'll sing the ballads. But right now I'm hyperactive as fuck. Like I just, <laughs> I want to make music that reflects my generation. I want to make music that reflects how I'm feeling and I feel erratic and I want to make loud, angry music. You know, that's where a lot of people hit their, like, peak, especially in the alternative world, when you're at your angriest and when you have so much to say about, like, current state of affairs and um, you've got an opinion. What is it? The iron strikes heart. Is that the right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's where you make your, your best stuff when you are angry and when you are sad. So I want to latch on to that and take, rinse it until I'm too tired to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. 
But yeah, I think I think that's the thing with your voice, though, is as much as you, you know, when you went on the show or whatever and you didn't want to be doing those bar- ballads, you fucking smashed it. Like, I know, you know, you, you're not, you're, you, you weren't particularly happy with the show or whatever, but my girlfriend became aware of you and she was like, check this girl out. She's fucking amazing. And then, then almost weekly, we were on some sort of Cody Frost fucking YouTube binge <laughs> of you doing, like, you doing Mothership and, uh, um, yeah, I was all just the being, covers. And- I was just being naughty all the way through that, that, because I didn't know I had ADHD. So I was having a lot of meltdowns. I was like, I don't want to sing Duran Duran. Please don't make me sing that. <laughs> um, uh, but to be fair, I got my way for all the other songs. Like I did pick the songs. I am, I did like all the songs I did bar one. And it was good because I had to go on that show to meet some amazing people. Like I've got some friends for life. I met my management through the show and in result met Dan. So I wouldn't take it back, but it was definitely not my bag. I'm not a TV personality like I, I'm I, no it's, it, it wasn't for me and as much as I I love singing stuff like on my guitar it's it's a bit it limits me a little bit because I'm not an amazing guitar player my left hand doesn't work as well as me right hand I'm not uh, I'm not good at it so I kind of stopped doing covers because I also found my own voice and learned how to say what I was thinking and if you compare like my covers to my my own music my own music is very like engaging it's very textural there's a lot going on and I just wanted to channel my brain into real life because I hadn't heard somebody like I couldn't compare my own work to somebody else's because I don't know what mine sounds like every song's different I, I do love doing a cover though I do love like stripping back a cover and making a happy song sad as fuck (laughs) (laughs) but i'm reserving it for special times and times when it it actually means something to me hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing i love that luxury quality within reach go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com style Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I love that self, self-aware with everything there. And, you know, especially kind of reinventing yourself from perceptions people have had from you before. Do, do you feel like now people are starting to see the real you and that you are putting that, that real you out there for people? Yeah, I think it was a bit scary for some people. Like a lot of people, I got a lot of backlash uh, after The Voice when I started releasing my own music because the people that watch The Voice are not the people that listen to angry beat boot music. <laughs> I did get a bit of flack for it. And also like I came off the show and I shaved my hair off and, you know, started dressing how I actually dress. Because when I was on The Voice, I was a bit of a crust punk. Like I, you know, I had patches everywhere. I was dirty. I was in college. I was, you know, a little goblin. Um, but when <laughs> when they dressed me on the show, that wasn't, dress myself my makeup wasn't how I do my own makeup at the time so people were getting very much the wrong end of the stick and people were idolizing something that wasn't me but now I just try to be myself no matter what I love having my hair bright red and double mohawks and stretch septum and and just like being this thing that like a lot of people don't like but like some kids might see me and be like that's what I want to be when I grow up because that's what I was doing when I was a kid I was I was looking at all these musicians I looked at Gerard Way and I was like I want to be like that when I grow up that's genuinely when people asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up I said I wanted to be like Kat Von D and then uh, I wanted to be like Gerard Way Um, and that's like kind of what I'm still aiming towards I want I want to be the rock star on the stage, uh, but it's it's a bit hard uh, because I'm not actually as outgoing as I think people think I am. <laughs> I, I do I do find being on the stage very nerve wracking, um, but I try my best. <laughs> yes. Well, you're killing it so far, and it's just yeah, it's been incredible to see that kind of self aware journey and being able to um to get get to the point you are now. Mentioning nerves, is there anything you do to kind of settle those a little bit before before a gig or, any, or like anything like that to ground yourself i kind of um when i'm super stressed my brain just hits like fuck it mode and i just become really weirdly chill but i might not talk to anyone for a bit i just become like zen mode but uh i used to meditate uh, i don't anymore i will admit i've dropped off the meditation thing it does work though. It's like exercise. Like, you know, it works, you know, it makes you feel good afterwards, but doing it is very hard. Funnily enough, when I was on the voice and I was very stressed, I'd be in the green room and everybody would be like warming up. It was very overwhelming for me because it's a lot of people doing scales and shit in the back room. <laughs> so I'd sit in the corner with my earphones in watching compilation, like funny compilations of my favorite bands <laughs> and like watching them on stage and like working out, okay, what do I do to get the crowd going? But, do you know what I mean? Like I, I'd be studying. Um, 
I don't know if it's because maybe I'm a little bit autistic, but um, I think I've just grown up trying to be the cool person on stage. But what I do need to do is just like be myself. I, I end up being really funny when I'm nervous. Like I hold the microphone like a comedian and I start cracking jokes. And to be fair, everyone laughs, but it, I'm not cool when I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Snap. Yeah. But when I come off stage and stuff, I, I tend to like go for a little walk or whatever. And then I come back and then I'm ready to talk to people. But I'm very much still getting used to live performances and stuff like that because the songs that I write are also really hard to sing, like really hard. I don't know why I've done that to myself, but it's a lot of like fast talking and not breathing. Um, so yeah, I tend to, I tend to do my makeup. That's like meditation for me. I'll do like a, a really wild makeup look and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to on stage. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. One of the things I wanted to touch on that you mentioned earlier is, um, the diagnosis of ADHD. Is that, yeah, is that official? Is that what happened when that, um, because basically, what, <laughs> I'm doing this for myself, really. Um, <laughs> I think, I've done this for so many people, don't you yeah. worry. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I've, I've always had ADHD, but. If you think um, you've got it, you typically do. <laughs> yeah, this is, and this is the thing, like I, I even spoke to my mother about it. I was like, mom, do you, do you ever think about, taking me for some sort of ADHD test. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice okay. Did we? Why, why didn't we? Oh, nah, I don't know. How much did that help? How much did the, finding out that it was ADHD? Because I, I kind of, I'm kind of like, yeah, I've got it. So I'm wondering if I go to the doctor or whatever and then find out I've got like, what changes? Was there anything that changed for you? Yeah. So I found out I had ADHD when I was 18. And this was after I dropped out of college twice. I did all right in my GCSEs. This is the thing. Like a lot of girls don't get diagnosed because we're not naughty and we don't start fights. But this can be applied to, because there's different kinds of ADHD. There's inattentive and hyperactive. I'm strongly hyperactive. My best friend's inattentive. And so she was just chill all the time. And she's super smart, but she wasn't doing very well in school. So when I got diagnosed, I was like, you need to go check girl because you are not right. And she got diagnosed swiftly after. And I literally sat in the doctor's, the doctor's room and I was filling in the form and I couldn't sit on my chair. And I remember like looking around the room and being like, fuck me, this room's beige. And I turned around and my ex-girlfriend and the psychiatrist were pissing themselves because they were like, how have you not been diagnosed? And so when I did get my diagnosis, um, I went through a bit of an identity crisis because I was like, who could I have been if I had been medicated early on? But something that I do always say to people is remember you got yourself this far. You've always managed this far and it has been so hard and you have worked twice as hard as anybody else, but you managed to get this far. So you've got to give yourself credit for that. I'm like a big advocate for me medication because like, my medication, I don't know what my medication does because I'm still spicy. Like it doesn't, it doesn't dim me down, but I do find when I'm off it, I spend a lot of money. Um, and, but my best friend. <laughs> yeah, you've, um, yeah, you've mistaken, you've mistaken ADHD medication with owning an open wallet. <laughs> my best friend, 
my best friend uh, got her diagnosis and she got medicated and she ended up doing really well. She went to Cambridge. She did. She succeeded so much. So medication is worth a try if you're up for it. Like, honest to God, it because a lot of people describe it as like putting glasses on. The way ADHD works is we the frontal lobe is a little bit smaller than other people's and it it changes everything. Our concept of time, the way we fra- uh, the way we structure a sentence, um, everything. The way we think is just completely different. And I don't think people realise the uh, extremity in which ADHD can affect you, especially if you've gone your whole like adult life masking and learning how to be an adult and put in a front on like you won't even realize that you are masking when you are I was masking very hard up until I started working as a tattoo artist (laughs) and now I'm self-employed and I'm very much in charge of my own life um but ADHD is also like people some people see it as a superpower there's no use in being like oh what would I have been like if I didn't have it, my life would have been so much better. Because the thing is, like, a lot of people with ADHD are so creative and so thinking outside of the box. We always want to make solutions to things that other people would have never thought of. It means that the things that we love, we love intensely, and that can sometimes pay off so much more than if you were neurotypical. Like, and I, and I would attribute, like, all the hours that I spent drawing till 5am and and listening to the same song on repeat and I, I I sometimes write music until early hours of the morning you know I do loads of things that are like not normal for other people but they have helped me progress in my careers so I do think I do think it's like it's not a bad thing if you do have it it can mean that when you get medicated or when you even get therapy for it or anything like that it's just helping you unlock your potential that's that's all it's there for. The medication isn't to change it. It's just there to make life a little bit more easy. I take my pills and I get up in the morning without even thinking about it. I don't even have to think about it for like two minutes. I'm like in bed and the next minute I'm stood up. It's amazing. I don't know how normal people get out of bed, but <laughs> it just makes you do stuff. Like I'll just be brushing my teeth and I've not even thought about it. It's things like that that I struggled with when I was younger. You should have seen my bedroom when I was a kid. It was horrible. I lived like a goblin. Like I had, I had graffiti all over my bedroom walls, posters going all the way up to the ceiling. It was a mess. And now as an adult, now that I'm medicated, I'm able to like show up to things on time, clean my room and things just aren't as hard. Like I'm not missing buses or trains or anything like that. I'm never late for anything. It's weird how it just changes things without you even realizing but it was definitely, there is definitely like a period of time when you get a diagnosis where you're like, like, what could I have been? But that doesn't take away from the fact that you still have ADHD. Like, like for me, I, I will still have always had ADHD regardless of whether I got medicated or not. But I might not have been so creative and I might not have skipping maths lessons to go and paint somewhere. Do you know what I mean? It just means that I made decisions that I found more creative and more fun. And I just had more fun. Right. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you for touching on that. I'd be so open with it. Um, I th- yeah, I think that'll help a lot of people. It's helped me. So, uh, yeah, it'll help a lot of people listen to this as well, I think. so. A lot of people that think they have it, 
like most people that I've spoken to have then gone and got a diagnosis. I think it's a lot more people than we are willing to admit. And I, I don't know, this could be a conspiracy theory, but my theory is we don't want to diagnose too many people because then we'd have to admit that the schools need reforming. Um, I, you know, I was saying something similar last night, funny <laughs> enough. Because the way we treat children with ADHD should be how we treat all children realistically, but it costs money. I, I think a lot of children are getting are slipping under the radar because they're not naughty, but they are struggling. And I was a silent struggler. I wasn't an outward struggler. Like I didn't tell anybody when I was stressed or, or felt overwhelmed. It was very much something that I dealt with on my own. Um, but you don't have to feel like that. And I do think like, if you need help and you think that you are not reaching your potential, then going and looking at a diagnosis is definitely a, a good step forward. Well, th- thank you for sharing all that. I really do appreciate it. And we know a lot of people who are kind of going through that kind of process of the uh, of, of checking that out and, and stuff personally. So yeah, it's nice, nice to see that there's some uh, positive um, things about it. But uh, Cody, as we start to wind down on the conversation there a little bit now, I did want to bring up um, you being a tattoo artist. You've mentioned it in passing a few times. How did that side of your life come about? Has it always been like a, a never love away from music? Or like how did how did you just discover that was something else you wanted to do? So I have been in love with tattooing for as long as I've been in love with the idea of making my own music. I, I always thought it was a cool job. I always knew that I wanted to be covered. Although now I'm kind of like, I'm not going to cover myself just yet. I've got my whole life. Um, it is getting a bit out of hand though. I have had about 20 tattoos this year. Tattooing is a separate world away from music because I find music a bit stressful. Like I love it, but it is definitely like peak stress mode when I'm doing it. Um, which sometimes I like. I like meeting new people and being outgoing, but I also love just sitting in a room with somebody, watching TV, laughing and drawing on people. And don't get me wrong, when you first start to tattoo, it is so stressful. It's horrible. Once you kind of know what you're doing and you start getting used to it, it's just, it's just another creative outlet. And for me, like, I've always been so nerdy about tattooing and it's, I like the 50-50 split between the loud music world and then going back and just just having a minute and just like you have to be slow and you have to think about everything that you do and you just concentrate and you're being quiet. And it's, yeah, it's a really good job. That's like my day job. That's where I make my money and, and that's where I come back to ground myself uh, back to the real world where I'm talking to like normal people and I'm just like, just hanging out. I really couldn't, I did work hard for it. It was hard. So like my apprenticeship was really hard. Uh, I didn't really get on with my boss at the time. Um, it's definitely with tattooing, you reap what you sow. Like if you put the time and energy into it, you will get back so much. And I'll never stop tattooing. Although like if I, if I could have the opportunity to put it down for like a year, I would. But now that I have that skill, you know, I can take it with me forever. And if music didn't, work out or you know I couldn't I don't know I had some downtime it's good to be able to have something to put my mind to because I really struggle with like having nothing to do so (laughs) 
yeah, it's it's good to have that extra job that I that I really love because before my music was out, my extra job was working at a kids' soft play area and it nearly killed me. It was horrible. Oh, wow. um, so I'm really, really thankful um, <laughs> that I get to tattoo as my job and I like make money with it. It's it's a good job. I really love it. <laughs> what was the worst thing you saw at the kids' soft play area? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Um, the adults um. (laughs) (laughs) no they just shit everywhere like honestly when people say they're dirty they are they are it was gross and as well because it was working I was working for a chain pub I'm absolutely open to slag this job off as well because I absolutely (laughs) fucking hated everyone there and I hated the job. (laughs) Like, I just started realising that now that I'm self-employed, I can just chat shit about this job. Fuck Um, it. Go for it. It was honestly, it was honestly the worst, the worst experience in my life. Um, we, We got to a point where like, because I worked in Burnley. I used to live above this place as well. So I lived above a pub and we used to get broken into all the time. And um because we were in Burnley, the the some of the customers can get a bit rowdy. Bear in mind this is a children's soft play area attached to a pub. So you can drink. And when it got to like uh, big football matches or whatever, we had to start wearing like in ear pieces in case any of the adults kicked off with us. Wow. They used to try and like fight us. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. You'll never see anybody more irate than if two parents start arguing over a child. Uh, another f- a funny anecdote. Um, so I texted my ex and said, oh, when are you coming home? Because she used to work there as well. And she was like, oh, don't worry. I'm coming home in 10 minutes. We've had to shut. And I was like, why have you shut? And she was like, one kid, shit, went down the slide into the ball pit. And then five oh. kids went in straight after. Oh. And this ball pit is fucking huge, bro. <laughs> oh. You've got to take all the balls out of there. You've got to clean them one by one. Yeah, no, You've got to, at oh. first, yeah, at first I lived for the chaos. I thought that was so funny. But when you're actually on shift, it got to a point like they wouldn't get the company in to clean it, make us like scrape it up and like put it in the stock. Honestly. I'm going to expose them one day. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Yummy. Oh, wow. Wow. Wow, That that paints a mental image. I can tell you that. It was a bad job. It was a really bad job. I'm really good at working with kids. And, uh, you know, it was fun. Like, I hosted the best parties ever. I was so good at it. But uh, generally speaking, it is just a lot of, like, kids being sick, kids shitting, kids crying, kids screaming on repeat. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can imagine. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I've just, atta- just, <laughs> just been attacked by a dog. Yeah. Oh, jumped up. I was listening, in and all of a sudden, a dog jumped up, bit bit my nose on my teen's mustache at the same time. I made my eyes water. And I was trying to fight the dog while you were talking. So sorry about that. Um, it does not not very professional, and it does not. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't happen very often, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's a that, that's a first. That's a Satman podcast first. The dog has never attacked us while while recording. They've they've been in. They've made themselves presence in a room, but there's never been yeah. um, <laughs> an attack. But um, with with all that, Cody, uh, a couple of quick things I just want to mention before we wrap this up is I noticed that you use the word poser. Uh, a, a lot to kind of de- describe yourself, which I find quite funny because you've talked about how passionate you are uh, 
um, about everything. Where did that first come about? Because this, it seems a very tongue-in-cheek thing that you kind of put in that out there to people. Yeah, so I find there's a lot of gatekeeping in the alt community. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know... <laughs> And I don't know if you've ever seen the film uh, SLC Punk. It's got Matthew Lilliard in it. If you haven't seen it, please watch well, it because it's so yeah, good. But basically, by the way, guys, there's going to be a spoiler. So if you want to watch that film, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm, gonna try and, I'm not going to try and spoil it too much. But basically, it's this punk dude and um, in the 80s, I think, 80s, maybe 90s. And he's going around and he's he's calling everyone a fucking poser. He's like, he dresses like a punk, but doesn't listen to punk music. He's a poser. And, and he lists off all these reasons why everybody's a poser. And in the end, he becomes a suit guy. And uh. I just think, I just think that like ricocheted around my brain for so long. I was like, a lot of, a lot of, um, people that call other people posers, um, don't realize how hard they are trying to keep up the facade themselves. And I, it's just not real. Like, it doesn't matter. So I, I call myself Poser. That's like my side name. I usually, it's usually my name on Twitter, but Elon Musk has made it so that I can't change my header. So now I'm stuck uh, as scary hours for the rest of my life, I guess. Oh I'm really mad because my header used to be the donk father. And I'm really sad that, I, that it wasn't stuck like that. But yeah, Poser is like my um, like side name. I have like a little clown character that I tag venues and places with and underneath it our right poser I, I always said like if i ever had a clothing brand it'd be called poser if i ever had a tattoo shop it'd be called poser so Ooh, nice nice make that awesome. a reality then yeah. get that fucking going <laughs> i want to wear a poser t- i want to wear a poser t-shirt get it made come on yeah <laughs> come on but, I will. yeah uh what yeah what have i got left oh yeah i got two questions um number one i just did a quick um I uh, did a Google of you just before, and um, I've just found out that your net worth, according no. to the internet... No, so, I know what it um, is. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, so your net worth, according to the internet, and, you know, I'm not saying I'd like any of this, right? But you've got $5 million. I'd like to know where the fuck it is, because I'm legally homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine my best friend... My best friend changed one of them to say that I was worth 20p in a crumpet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have literally been broke since the day I was born, so I don't oh, know where the fuck that comes from. That's um, going to change next year, I think. That, that's going to change in a big way imagine, next year. All I want is enough to, like, I want to live in Manchester. That's the big the big dream. I want a flight in Manchester. And I, and I, wanna, I, wa- I want my family to be supported and then, then I'll be done. Like <laughs> Nice. And yeah, my last one was um, the surname Frost. Is it real? Yeah. Class. Absolute class. Yeah, when I was a kid, my mum went to a psychic and the, my psychic... My psychic? My mum's my psychic. I don't, I'm not spiritual by any stretch, but she like um, didn't know that I could sing when I was younger and the woman was like, that little girl, she's going to be big. Like, she's going to be fucking huge. Like, whatever you do, she's going to be massive. And my mum's a singer as well. So, like, that was wild. And then she asked what my name was. And, like, everybody has always said to me since I was a kid, oh, yeah, that's a rock star name, that. And, like, I'm very thankful for my name, to be fair. Like, 
it's very uh, fluid and it means that I could like explore my gender. It means that I could do whatever I wanted and be whatever I wanted with it. So yeah, I like my name. I think it's a cool name. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> it, I, there's none more metal, I don't think. Like, how would you get a more metal <laughs> name than Frost? Like, um, yeah. Well, well, we've absolutely loved this conversation, but before you go, obviously a uh, very busy time. You're going to be in Europe now this week with Eta Shikari. You've got the collaboration Woo! with Yumi at six coming out and you're working on a lot of more new music, but is there anything else people can kind of keep an eye out for, be aware about please let them know. Um, I think if you just keep an eye on my social media, because I've been dropping some samples of of some demos. Samples? I've been dropping demos. I'm kind of putting the feelers out because I want to know what people want next. Um, I think I might, I might leak a little bit of all my next songs and Ooh. ask which one people want. I'm thinking about it. If you want to... If you want to check out my tattoo account, my tattoo Instagram is Rat Race Fuckface. <laughs> and yeah, that's all I have to say. Brilliant. Lovely. Well, thank amazing you so, so much for this. Um, yeah, it's been amazing um, meeting you and getting to follow your story. And I'm so, so fucking excited for next year. Thank you. I reckon within a year now you'll be too fucking big to talk to us. So congratulations <laughs> on that already. <laughs> and yeah, if you can ever spare some time for us two muppets in the future, that'll be fucking yeah. fantastic. Thank yeah, you so much for having me. Anytime. What a talent. What a fucking personality. You're an absolute fucking superstar. You deserve the world. And I'm fucking so chuffed for you that you're getting everything that you've ever wanted so far. Aww. It's just Thank fucking you. money money next and then you'll be the fucking mosh mayor of mosh mayor of Burnley slash Manchester because you'll be living in Manchester so yes, yes class thank you very much for doing this again and um, yeah see you soon hopefully thank you and you too I hope you all have a good day uh, it was good speaking to you thank you for having me bye yes that Ooh. is the wonderful self-proclaimed little goblin Cody Frost. <laughs> she said it. Not me. Not my many fault. Times. Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed goblin. Go back and count them. <laughs> How many times? Uh, do you know what? I really enjoyed this conversation. I mentioned calling themselves a poser, but you can see how passionate Cody is about music and just life and different aesthetics and art. And it's so nice to see someone who's such a fan of a band and a scene and music in general, living their dreams, meeting their favorite people, and then featuring on their songs. Like, it's incredible when someone's favorite artist features on their song, but the fact that Cody is on an Enter Shikari song forever will be part of Enter Shikari's discography is incredible. Massive round of applause. So happy Cody's just getting to live her best life. Yes, well done, Cody. Clap it. <laughs> Clap it. This doesn't sound good, does it? Just two of us on the podcast <laughs> clapping. Probably out of sync as well. Who knows? Oh, no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. Yeah. We, we sound like a fucking an ADHD ridden seal then we did. Just fucking. <laughs> but yes, fantastic to have Cody on. Great, great chat. Uh, wanted them on for quite some time. I played um, one of their songs at the Mike Hem shows as well. We didn't talk about um, earlier. 
So uh, Cody owes me £32 for that. So wow. Cody, get back in touch with me because um, you owe me £32. Um, but yes, brilliant fucking chat. What a fucking talent. Deserves everything that's coming our way. I think they're going to be huge. So yes, I can't wait for that. Yeah, well, she's performing in France tonight with Anna Shikari in Lille. So if you any French listeners on the air, go quickly. You can catch the show. Uh, and you can hear Cody feature on the new Yumi 6 album, Truth Decay, that has been released on January 27th. That track is a love letter to those who fell lost. It's the uh, last song on the album. It's quite a nice ballad, apparently. So I'm excited to hear that. And don't forget the Cody Frost debut mixtape EP Teeth is available now to listen to as well. You're laughing because that was a big mouthful, wasn't it? Yeah. EP Teeth. <laughs> it's just the way you said EP Teeth. You looked like you'd gone mad. Um, but yes, go support Cody now. Um, I'm excited for everything they have coming up in the future. I'm excited to hear this new metal track because Cody and Dan Weller make some fantastic music. So yes, very, very excited for that. Uh, if you'd like to support your boys, that's us. Nobody else is your boys. When you say, hey, when you see somebody going, hey, it's your boy, right? They're talking about me and Morgan. <laughs> so yeah, if you'd like to support your boys, that's me and Morgan again, check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin. That's patreon.com forward slash sapnin where there's a whole host of treats and kickbacks for you guys, for your support. And joining our Patreon helps keep this bloody podcast going. And let me tell you, you want to keep it going because we've got some guests for the future who you are not expecting. I guarantee it! <laughs> Literally, we've just recorded uh, an interview that we're very excited about before this. And we're doing a couple in person soon. We've got a lot on the cards and you want to be you want to be here for it. And you want to find out before anyone else via our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash happening. I tell you, I'll try and guess who, um, who, we've, who we've spoke to lately. Get in touch with us at Sapling Pod on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. And let us know who you think we've spoken to so we can say, no, we haven't spoken to Fred Durst yet. He will not give us the time. It was somebody else. And it's just lightning bolts that, that Fred replies to you with. Um, Bastard. Quickly as well, I did want to mention a huge thank you to everyone who's been tagging us in this Spotify wrapped stuff this past week. Um, I managed to get access to our podcast one. And apparently, Satnin is in the top 1% of most shared podcasts in the world. Um, that's mad. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's mad because it's also a shame it's not in the top 1% of most listened podcasts. <laughs> How do you get most shit? Are people going, hey, don't listen to this shit and then sharing it? Because that must be what's happening. Who but yeah, knows? thanks. Hey, if you've sent our podcast to someone, thank you, I guess. But do us a favor. Listen to it, didn't it? <laughs> Thing is, if they're listening to this now, they're hearing this because they're listening to it. So the only way you can hear me saying, listen to this, is by listening to this. So it makes it fucking redundant, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> <well. laughs> Patreon.com forward slash happening for even more bonus content, playlists, videos, and meeting your new best friends in a wonderful community of people. They're all going to gigs and festivals and stuff and planning it in the group. So come and get involved and hang out. If you go to the description of this episode, there's loads of names there that we do thank. But as always, Sean is going to give a massive shout out to the elite members of our Sapling Podcast Patreon 
Community. Those are the top tiers. <laughs> Community. Thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Leeway, Janelle Castan, Paul Irshfield, Scarlett Charlton, Tony Michael, Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Ewing, Nathan Croshaw, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Sammy G, Kat Besson, Dana Lazava, Jenny Robertson, Mary Grimwood, Scott Jones, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Stuart McNaught, M. Evans Roberts, Stephen Aston, Caroline Robson, Kate Patek, Louis Cook, Come On Aussies, Come On, Come On. I don't know what that means. Martina McManus. Happy birthday for the other day, Martina. Thank you very much. Carl Pendlebury, James McNaught, Jenny Munster, Kelly Cannon, Jason Oredia, John and Emma, Emily Perry, Craig, the boys are back in town, Aris, Gary White, Kalila Keen, Adam Parslow, Ollie Amesbury, Josh, I asked the doctor if I could administer my own aesthetic. He said, go ahead, knock yourself out crisp. Thank you very much. Alice Wood, Reese Bowling, Kate Stevenson, Kyle Aga, do, 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 push by an apple shaker tree, David Smith. And last by no means least, thank you very much, Connor Lewins and family. And I'd like to give a shout out to our friend Angarad, who's recently got engaged. So congratulations oh, to you. Yay. Congratulations. That's awesome. Oh, I love hearing happy things. Leave that in. Leave that gap in. Of course I'm leaving then. Because people are going to go, oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Anyway, on that note, yeah, on that bombshell, Morgan likes happy. My Morgan likes when things are going nice. Yeah, hey, Morg. We all do, don't we? Hey, hey, you think some people don't because anyway, that's a whole other thing. Thank you for listening. Thank yes, you to Cody. Cheers. Have cheers, a great time. Cheers, Subscribe wherever you listen and come back next Friday because we've got awesome guests coming and we love you very, very, very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Sathnin! Sathnin! I like nice things. Now we fucking all do, do we? You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>